For Riley Gerson Public Affairs Office, I'm Tom Roost. I'm here with Toyanne Taylor, Family Advocacy Program Manager at Army Community Service. James Cowan's victim advocate for the Family Advocacy Program here at ACS. Okay, and you just you just talked a little bit about what's going on this month. Can you kind of uh, give us an overview? Oh uh, yes, this month October is uh, the annual campaign month for domestic violence awareness, and that's when the victim advocates all go out and. Uh, uh, display all the uh, domestic violence awareness uh, giveaways and uh, talk to people of the public, members of the public, uh, to help bring awareness to domestic violence and uh, to help commemorate the uh, annual event. Okay. So we have an annual, October is our annual kickoff for the whole year in here. So this year our theme is we stand together against domestic violence. And we're saying be an upstander this year. That's our subtitle. Okay. And so the point here is, is we want to educate and inform the community about what domestic violence is and then offer them resources so that they can figure out how to prevent it from happening as well as recover from it. Okay. And and that's kind of what your office is all about, right? Yeah. Uh, helping the community out in Fort Riley. And, uh, uh, can you give us a little overview of your office and how it functions? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, the fam- the Family Advocacy Program Victim Advocates Office. What we do is we assist any um, anybody in you know, a military affiliated, whether it be a spouse or ex vet partner, someone who's um, active duty military or retired, and they come into our office if they have reasons to believe that they may be experiencing what many refer to as domestic abuse. Uh, some people use the word domestic violence. I prefer to use the word domestic abuse because domestic abuse covers six areas when you say domestic violence uh a lot of people automatically think that it has to be physical but when you say domestic abuse then we know it's, it covers physical verbal mental emotional sexual and financial and they come into our office and uh to seek services and resources as to how to get away from the abusive relationship and that's what our office do we assist our clients on how to get first we educate them and then uh, we assist them in how to get away from the abusive relationship uh, so they have a better way of life. And and I know it's going to be, what would you say to somebody who wants to take that first step? Like, I know it's got to be very, it takes a lot of bravery and courage to do that. Uh, what would you say to them to uh, to say, hey, no, we're here for you? Uh, I would say just you pick up the phone and give us a call. Talk to someone uh, that you know about what you're going through. But at the same time, don't be afraid to come in our office and talk to any victim advocate. Speak up, break your silence, tell somebody what you're going through. And then from there, uh, they'll guide you toward us, the victim advocate's office. And when they want to come and talk to us, uh, a lot of our uh, cases that we have uh, can be restricted because we have restricted and unrestricted. uh, Whereas we just simply talk to our clients or anyone who just wants to talk to us about what they're going through. And we'll remain silent about it until they're ready for us to act on it. Okay. So restricted means the police do not get involved and the command does not get involved. But the client is eligible for supportive services, medical services, and referrals, those kinds of things. One of the things that I think is important to think about, though, when we're talking about domestic abuse, is there is a safety piece that has to really, really be looked at. So sometimes... 
a person may be concerned about telling what's happening to them because they don't want to lose their livelihood. Fort Riley's in the middle of the prairie, and our families have a number of children. It's not easy to find a job that makes it affordable to pay for child care and work and do the other things in life that you want to do when you have children that are young that require child care. And so oftentimes these young families are just having a hard time communicating. They don't have good skills to begin with, find themselves in these tussles. Some of them you know, need to grow up uh, and, and get it together because they don't want to be treated that way, but they can't seem to stop themselves from treating others that way. And when they want to go, then things become more dangerous. And that's just a fact of life because when we're talking about domestic abuse, we're talking about power and control. And so if I, if you want to leave, then I'm losing control. And so I'm going to have to ramp a few things up to try to maintain that control. And it gets very, very dangerous at that time. It's also important, I think, for the community to know that it takes on average person leaving seven times before they actually are able to cut the ties and really go. And we need to have some compassion about that in our community. There's several different reasons. We could start from the get-go. What, what was your family of origin like? Is this what you're used to and now you're a little bit older and you think, man, that wasn't too cool when I was growing up and I don't want my children to grow up this way. You know, is it that you don't have a skill set and you don't feel confident enough to go get a job and to set up a life away from this person and, you know, try to secure your own benefits and, and those kinds of things, especially when you have children? Those are real concerns because it's one thing if it's just me that's going to suffer. But if I have to leave and I don't have money for kids, clothes, food, housing, medical stuff, and or I'm still stalked or harassed in the process, it makes it really hard to go forward. Yeah, don't just break it out of what you perceive as a norm uh, to, to make it better for your whole family. So it does seem very complicated. But what are some of the, what are some of the resources you do bring to bear on this? Um, and uh, you have your office to bring you where do you, do you have other partnerships that help you carry the load? Family advocacy program is two prong program. Our team focuses on prevention and intervention. There's another team at the hospital that focuses on intervention and treatment. So when there's an allegation of abuse or neglect, I always throw neglecting because I'm always thinking about the kids. Um, and, and if a child is exposed to domestic abuse, then that can be child abuse too. And the community needs to keep that in mind. Um, anyway, they will assess the situation and determine what supports might be helpful to help the family grow beyond and, you know, become better in their relationship, better as parents if they separate, and better for their next relationship. So it could be individual therapy, it could be group work, you know, it could be anger management, it could be parenting classes, it could be intensive in-home services. And so we, we pair together to get those things done. ACS offers the victim advocacy services. One of the main things that they do is the safety planning to be sure that you, you have walked through what you need to think about to keep you and your children safe. The other thing is, is that they often make referrals, you know, off the installation so that folks can find legal support if they need it, mental health support if they need it. 
And um, then they also help them navigate the command system as well as go to court with them and um, just be supportive to them while they're making this transition at time. We have um, two full-time victim advocates. One is a GS, one is a contractor, and a part-time contractor that run the program. And they do a very good job because you never know on any given day what the circumstances are going to be when they come through. Okay. Um, We also work with the financial folks to be sure that where that help is available, they are able to access it. Okay. And so if I wanted to, if, if somebody wanted to take that first step, what would they do? Would they just, uh, do you have a phone number they call or you just come here? Yes, sir. We have a 24 uh, hour uh, hotline uh, that they can uh, call and uh, just accessible by the internet. We also 785 307. What 373 is the number? And they can And we're always having a person there to answer the phone during the nighttime hours. And then at daytime, uh, the phone numbers transfer to us for daytime call. Okay. Um, well, thank you very much. Uh, anything else you'd like to add? Men can be abused too. We see that here. And um, it's not, it's hard. I think Callens may see it a little bit differently um, from where he sits in the world. But I think sometimes that's really hard for them to navigate towards. We recently worked with a, a soldier that had a young child in the home, and he was really struggling with, you know, saying, okay, I do need to do something about it. But when we changed the perspective and shifted it for him in terms of what about safety for your child, then it took on a different meaning, and he was able to finally move forward to ensure that there was safety for the baby. Okay. Is that you don't have to be married for this to affect you. It can also be intimate partner, someone you were in a previous current relationship or previous relationship with, someone that you shared a joint domicile or previously shared a joint domicile as well. And children. And children. Thank you for listening to Fort Riley, the podcast. I'm Tom Roos with Fort Riley Garrison Public Affairs Office. Yeah.